0: took for us to change from being in this spot of complete hopelessness, where we saw Jesus on the cross, lifeless, to then three days later, we began to see and we began to hear murmurings of him. And there was this hope and yet still some doubt trying to realize, is this really happening? Is this just something that we've, you know, believed so hard that it's happening? You're trying to figure that out to the point that it's real, And we are completely on board. We are believing every bit of it, 40 days. Because in that time frame, it started out that Jesus had appeared to some of the women, and then he appeared to Jesus, or not to Jesus, to Peter. He also appeared to two of the men walking along the road to Emmaus. And then after that, he appeared to 10 of us disciples at once. And then later, when Thomas was with us as well. And so again, each one of these, we begin to believe that much more that this really is happening. And so then if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 21. John chapter 21 is what we're going to look at next. And and what you need to know is there was this moment, this one day, that seven of us were out fishing. All right, it's what we knew how to do. We could do it well. It helped bring in some money. So we're out fishing. However, all night we had been doing it and we caught nothing. And again, there are a few of those nights that are that way. Usually you'll catch at least a little bit, but it was one of those days that we were. We were pretty discouraged. And as we were coming closer to shore, we saw someone there, and he yelled out, Friends, did you catch anything? Well, you never want to admit that you haven't, but that's what we had to do. We said, No, we haven't caught anything. And he said, Then throw your nets on the other side of the boat. Like, Okay. So we did so. and Man, the amount of fish that we caught. And in that instance, the light bulb came on that this was just similar to a situation that had happened earlier, almost three years earlier. And Peter, like, he's like, you know, the one that doesn't think things through. So he, like, threw his outer cloak on, jumps into the water and starts swimming towards shore. And we're all like, but we got all these fish, you know, trying to figure it out. So we have to work really hard to get it up there. But Peter swims to go see the Lord. And we get there and we see that it's him. Although, again, that conversation, we're like, we don't want to just say, is it the Lord? Because we all know it, but we didn't want to say it. So as we're around him, he says, let's have some breakfast. And so we ate some of the fish for breakfast. And just spending time with Jesus. But then Jesus was purposeful, and he decided, hey, Peter, come here. I need to talk to you. And so in John chapter 21, starting at verse 15, it says this. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And so we heard, you know, later on from Peter, just this conversation, the idea that Jesus is saying, hey, I want you still to lead. I have a job for you. I want you to work, to care for my people. That is still something that I have for you to do. And you could see it in his facial expressions, how much this conversation truly meant to him. Now, shortly afterwards, there's a moment where Jesus actually was with 500 of us believers, and he appeared to us, and he taught us some things, and then he decided, you know, a couple days later, to meet with his brother James. James. Man, God did so much in the life of James. Like, James, imagine this, growing up with Jesus, and his brother saying, I am the Son of God. Would you believe that? Like, you know, think about it. If your sibling said that they're the son of God, would you be like, I'm going to show you the son of God? You know, I don't know. But like, James did not believe that Jesus is the son of God until now. Man, he's right here. And I don't know all about that interaction, but the things that he did in the church afterwards can only be credited to being a work of God that he truly believed. And then there was this other time. In fact, turn to Matthew chapter 28 in your Bibles, if you have that. Matthew chapter 28, that he had told us to meet him on this mountain in Galilee. So we come up to talk with him. And some people think this is when all 500 were together. I don't think so, judging by the first words here. But in Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16, ah, this moment that I won't forget, says this. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But some doubted. Ooh, it's still there. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always the very end of the age. And so here we are, and Jesus said, I will continue to be with you. Oh, in the midst of our doubt, it still continued to give us hope of knowing what was going to happen. But here he is, and he says, I want you to go and make disciples. I want you basically to take the things that you have seen, the things that you have learned, And tell it to other people who need to know this information. Who need to know about the kingdom of heaven. Who need to know how much God loves them. Go and do this. This this task is so important. And we were given that task. And then there was one more day. In your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 1. Our last text that we're looking at here. Acts chapter 1. And on this day, it was the 40th day since the resurrection. The 40th day, and it will be one that I remember forever. We were on the Mount of Olives. Again, if you remember, we prayed or fell asleep with Jesus, you know, in Gethsemane, which was in the Mount of Olives. But here we are on the Mount of Olives with Jesus. And then this happens, starting in verse 6 of chapter 1. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Like, now are we going to take over Rome? Is this when it's going to happen? And so then he said to them, maybe I should say, like, what? Outside of the world? Like, whatever. Like, here he is standing right in front of us, and he just goes up into heaven, and like, I guess I should quit, like, being amazed by the things that he does. Like, nothing should surprise me anymore just because of the things that he continues to do every single moment. But here he says, I'm gone, but, oh, he's coming back. He'll be coming back. And in the meanwhile, the Holy Spirit is going to come inside of us. He is going to give us power. It is through him that we're going to be able to be... His witnesses. That's what we were told. So, what did we do with all that? Well, in Acts chapter 1, verse 14a, it says this they all joined together constantly in prayer. Okay, God, what is our next step? What do you want us to do? Where do we go from here? And so one of the things that we did was we replaced Judas Iscariot, who had been one of us followers. You know, he's now gone. And so we cast lots, we prayed. And so Matthias took his spot. Ten days later, as we're still there, like the Holy Spirit comes upon us and it's the birthday of the church and the amazing things that happened. Oh, that is something that happened during that time. But some of the other authors write it differently, just to tell you kind of the end of their stories. In Luke uh, chapter 24, at the very end, verses 52 and 53, this is what he says to end his book. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. You see, after all that we had seen, after all that we had experienced, the joy that we had, and we began just to praise all that much more because it was real to us. Or then even Mark. He finished his gospel this way. In his last chapter, the very last verse, it says this, And then the disciples went out, and they preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. You see, we went out, and we preached, we taught that which we had seen, that which we had heard. We were simply his witnesses, and we were told to take it to the ends of the earth. And so it started in Jerusalem and then just kind of went out. Sometimes by our choice, sometimes there were things that happened that caused us to kind of step out. But we continued to tell the gospel to every tribe and every tongue or language, to every nation, because they needed to hear the truth of the gospel. In fact, it reminds me of the prophet Daniel who he had uh, gone to the king. The king had had a dream about this statue that represented these four different kingdoms that everyone would have thought was unshakable. There's no way that they will ever come to a demise, but each one of them did. And in this dream, there was this rock that was created, not by human hands, that comes and shatters the entire statue. And this rock grows into a huge mountain that takes over all the earth. That kingdom is the kingdom of God. And we get to see that happening because we chose To do what he asked us to to simply share his message with everyone with every tribe and tongue and nation to the ends of the earth and so here we every week we have a decision time we're about to sing a song saying build my life i want to build my life upon him i want to build my life upon this foundation that is unshakable that is part of this kingdom that will never come to an end And I think about the things that we've talked about the past two weeks and how looking at everything that Jesus went through that last week for you. And then last week was we talked about just this state of hopelessness, but the resurrection of Jesus gives me hope and I want that. Or even I think about when Jesus was talking to Thomas and he said, you know what, you are blessed because you believe and you see, but blessed are those who don't see and believe so for so many of us, yeah, we don't see the physical Jesus standing right here, oh, but there is so much evidence. There are so many things that he continues to do in our life that you're like, I'm ready. Like, I want him to be the one leading my life. I want to be fully on board. And if that's you, if there's like, this morning is your step. You're like, I am ready to be baptized. I want to talk to someone. Like, I need to understand this more. You simply want prayer. Like, we have our decision points open. We have Sam available online because we want to come alongside that you get to be part of this every tribe and tongue and nation for all of eternity because that's what it's all about. And so if you have a decision to make, then I would encourage you to go to the decision point. The rest of us, let's continue to build our life upon the one who is truth. Let's stand as we sing. So those 40 days helped change the disciples, and they believed with all of their hearts. Even in moments when doubt came, they're like, okay, we're going to follow after that which he has taught us, and it changed the world. You can read through the book of Acts and how everything started, and God continued to work in people as his message continued to, to spread. And I came across a quote this week from Charles Colson. He said, I know the resurrection is a fact, and Watergate proved it to me. I said, How? Because 12 men testified that they had seen Jesus raised from the dead, and then they proclaimed that truth for 40 years, never once denying it. Everyone was beaten, tortured, stoned, and put in prison. They would not have endured that if it wasn't true. But Watergate embroiled 12 of the most powerful men in the world, and they couldn't keep a lie for three weeks." You're telling me 12 apostles could keep a lie for 40 years? Absolutely impossible. And so these disciples, they completely believed that with all of their heart, they followed to the end of their life, which we know it's not over. Their life continued the other side of heaven. And so just talking about all these things, like what can we take from that? I want to tell you three things this morning to kind of leave you with just from what we've read this morning. And so the first is this, that God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And I know sometimes we'll say here, but I'm in a church service, and like I hear people talk about that. and I get that God wants to use people, but, but me, like I don't feel like me. Yes, God wants to use you. Maybe you're like, but I don't know a whole lot. Like, I don't feel like I know the answers. I don't feel like I've been schooled in this. I don't know just all of this. And can God really use me? I'm reminded of Acts chapter 4, where here we are, John and Peter. They are standing before the Sanhedrin, this Jewish ruling council. And it says, when they have finished talking, they're like, they noticed their courage. And they noticed that they were unschooled, ordinary men. It says they took note that they had been with Jesus. That's what's important. May we continue to be with Jesus, and it doesn't matter the schooling, it doesn't matter how many answers you know, but God wants to use you. Or maybe you're kind of like, but you don't know my past, the things that have happened. Maybe like even recently, and I I just don't know that God really can use me. I don't know. Because I look at Peter, and here's a guy that, you know, was leading alongside of Jesus, and when Jesus needed him the most, he denied him three different times. I don't even know who this man is. And Jesus comes to him and says, do you love me? Feed my sheep. As I read that, no matter what it is that you have done, you're like, man, this is gone against God, and I don't know how he can love me. I'm reminded that his grace is greater. His forgiveness is bigger. And so if you're in that boat, you're like, I just don't know how I can do it. Yeah, God wants to use you. Or maybe you're one of those spots, but I'm a new believer. Like, there's still a lot of things I don't know. I look at James. You got to start somewhere. And he's like, let me share. And sometimes when you're the new believer, that's when our passion is the biggest. Because like, let me tell you about the life change that is happening. And so you want to share with people what's going on. And so God wants to use you. And so if you feel unqualified, you feel unworthy, you feel un-whatever it is, perfect. You are the person for the job. God wants to use you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, it says that God uses the weak, the foolish things of the world, to be able to proclaim his name. And so God wants to use you. Not just everybody else. He wants to use you. The second thing I would tell you this morning is this. God has given you a responsibility. He's given you a responsibility. And we read this great commission that Jesus spoke to the 11 disciples, and it's not over just when they all pass away. This message is still to be proclaimed. And so he says, go. And again, sometimes we read that and we're like, okay, that means i got to go to another country. There will be some that are called to go to another country, whether it's for their life, whether it's for a short-term mission trip, something like that. God will call some people to go because that's how he's working on your heart. But sometimes going means... I need to be in this place of work. I need to be in this group at school. Like, God, where is it you want to use me? And I will go there, even if that's not physically moving whatsoever. And so you and I, we are told to go and make disciples. And after that, he says, how do I do that? Well, that's baptizing and that's teaching. All of that is part of making disciples, the idea of helping them find Jesus, the idea of helping them follow Jesus. And it's not just a church thing. It's an individual responsibility. We all have this purpose in our life to help people know who he is. God has given you a responsibility. But then also, God is with you. God is with you. And I remember one time being taught, hey, if you want to help your prayer life, like sometimes have a sentence like this and emphasize each word and just think about its truth. And so here we are. We're like, God is with you. God, the one who is creator of everything and he has ultimate power and ultimate love. You know, he is the one that is with me. Okay, it says, God is with me. Not just, oh, I remember that time in my life. I see that he was with me. Or, yeah, I think he will be when I do this. Like, right now, he is with me. Or God is with. You know what? He's not just way up there somewhere looking down. He's not like, hey, I'll be there in this moment. Like, he is with me all the time. And so then God is with you. And Again, not just everywhere, even though it's true. God is with you. He is living inside of you if you have chosen him and he gives you power to do the things that he has called you to do. God is with you and he's called us to be a witness. I don't know if you ever just thought about that word, but being a witness just means simply telling what you've seen and known. You don't have to make stuff up or whatever. If people ask you questions, I don't know. Let me find that out. But as Sarah said a while ago, the idea of our story. Let me tell you my story. Let's just go and do it. Let's be the witnesses that God wants us to be and we don't have to do it by ourselves because the holy spirit is inside of us that is what one of the promises that jesus said that when i leave the helper will come and i think about back to fourth grade i went to church camp and I was a little taught. I kind of got like picked on by other people, didn't like that a whole lot. And so fourth grade specifically, I found this other kid that was bigger. And I'm like, I'm going to hang out with him. And so I did. Like, and there was like a little groupie of us, all little guys, I guess, kind of thing. But we followed him around, and I didn't get picked on at all that week. And like just walking around, I felt a little bit bigger because, you know, here I am standing with him, and he's got my back. And I am reminded of the truth that we have a great big God with us. We don't have to be afraid. Whatever the circumstances, whatever even looking around may seem chaotic or evil or whatever it is, man, God is with me. I serve a great big God, and I do not have to be afraid. Let me share the message with you. Let me share what God has done and what he wants to do for your life. We have a great big God with us. And again, just like we sang, the battle isn't ours. We're part of the battle, but he is the one who's in charge. And as long as we are faithful, he will work it out the way that he desires. He will continue to work on hearts. He will use us. And so the disciples, they didn't do it on their own, but they started this job of taking it to every tribe and tongue and nation. We're going to let the whole world hear about it. And so it continues today. You and I must continue to carry this message till everyone has been able to hear. But it's not just when this life is over. It continues forever. And so even hearing all this can sound good, but it might be like, so what do I do? That's what I'm going to have you pray about here for a moment. God, what do you want to use me in? Like, what is it that maybe you want me to have boldness? God, is there someone in my life that I've been working on or I've been praying for and I need to continue to lift that? I need to look for opportunities to share my story. God, help me to know who that is. And so what I'm gonna do is here for about two minutes, I want you to be able to pray. And you can pray in family units, with friends, you can pray by yourself. God, just help me with this message to know that you are with me. God, that you have given me this responsibility and that I know that you want to use me. So whatever that is, I just want you to pray about that for about two minutes, and we're going to say, God, you make this completely personal. What is it you want me to hear today? So spend just a couple minutes praying right where you're at. god there's been a lot of things we're lifting up to you maybe it's individuals maybe it's god maybe our feelings of unworthiness or lack of courage or you know whatever that is and we know that we can place that into your hands god remind us the truth of how much you want to use us and you love us and you've put us in spots that maybe we get to impact someone for eternity that no one else may have that opportunity god i'm thankful that you came to save and rescue us, that we can be with you for eternity. And so I just pray for each one of us as we've been praying for people and and help us to share the message, help us to share our story, help us to see you in our lives, like specifically look for that more and more. God, just to overcome any kind of doubts, any kind of confusion, and just to be able to feel the joy as the disciples talked about. God, I just pray that even we as a church, not just individually, we just continue to do that and lift your name high and people see you, and so that your kingdom continues to grow. God, I'm thankful that we don't have to do this on our own, that your spirit lives inside of us, and so may we tap into your power as we live this week. It's in your name that we pray, amen. So I'm basically going to tell you to go do it. That's how we're ending our service. There doesn't need to be anything else other than let's go and live out what God has called us to do. I will tell you a couple of reminders that you hopefully saw in the video. But Next week, because it's a great day of service, we do not have Saturday night service. So if you show up here on Saturday night and the doors are closed, that's why we're getting ready for our great day of service. If you haven't bought t-shirts and you still want to do that, that's out in the fireside area. So you guys can do that. Next week is also our baptism Sunday. And so if that's still something you're thinking about, It's a great time to be able to do that. And even there, you saw our graduate reception is next week. So lots of things going on, but it's all still for the purpose of the kingdom. So if you need to talk to someone, I'll be hanging out up here so you can talk to me. But other than that, let's go and be the hands and feet of Jesus everywhere. Have a great week.